What is good, everyone? It's a late, late recording sesh for your boy. About 2 a.m. on the dial, putting the finishing touches on what I believe is the most complete, tough to say episode in our catalog. Doesn't mean it's perfect, but we had recorded a full episode length spew between Barry and I, thinking it was going to live on its own. But then my homie Joe Salzer launched his own company, and we wanted to strike while that iron was scorching hot. So, what I've done here is split up Barry and I's back and forth into two segments. Up front, you'll hear him and I chop it up about some life updates, some tough to stay stats. Yes, we finally dipped into the numbers. And let me say, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you if you're a listener. And now I know you're actually there. And I want to find ways to communicate with you more directly. So anyway, the numbers... Vaccine passports, a little more serious than we're used to, but we really got into some cool spew about how you should never feel encumbered by something that's out of your control. You should push through. That progress is key. Then we dropped in this excellent interview with Joe. No spoilers here. The man is storied in the music industry and is on his way to becoming iconic. New company launched and lots to discuss So again, structurally speaking, you'll have 30 minutes of Barry and I spew, a full-length inspirational and insightful interview with Joe Salzer, and then the second portion of Barry and I spew to finish out the episode. So much to unpack. Let's get into it. Bring in that intro, baby girl. Man. It's just tough to say. Come one, come all. Man, it's tough to say, y'all. I don't think I'm going to do the whole big intro like we've been doing, because I feel like if you're with us, you're with us, and if you aren't, you're against us. But what do you think? If you were in my shoes, would you rip this full intro? I have the whole thing in front of me. B. McD, back on the mic. Nice try, Graham. I will not (laughs) deviate from my script. I actually am one that liked the longer spew, because you do a great job of plugging what you need to be plugged. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's very helpful because sometimes, you know, perhaps a new listener out there, and as everyone knows, I have the audiences back and I'm thinking for them. Um, if they were to just randomly come across a little tough to say ep by Graham O and B. McD, they wouldn't, they'd get lost in the sauce. And it was your narration, it was your intro that brought people to Earth. Very similar to NASA bringing home their astronauts. Right. So would you say, all that to be said, that this podcast is all about navigating the early stages of life, transitioning from high school to college, college to the real world, and learning from each other all along the way. Would you say so, that? Does that count for your question? No, it doesn't. Also, um, I'm Graham O, one of your hosts, and we've got an hour on the clock. I'm actually going to hedge hour. I'm going to go four or five on the beat. Yeah, I think, and, I think, uh, I think 40, 40 is perf. Let's go. Actually, yeah, I like that. Let's go. Let's keep it at around number forty. So we'll present topics as we typically do, right? This yeah. isn't scripted whatsoever. I'm, kinda, I'm dude, not. I'm, I'm not reading keep, from this. I'm kind of down to keep it cash on this one. It's a cash week. It's yeah, it's a it's a really cash week. Basically, what we do is we chat through various topics. The winner, quote unquote, would be the person who presents the most thought starters. So intermittently throughout conversation, when one of us wants to build on that conversation, does not count as a tally. It has to be an independent thought that spurs a new thread of conversation. And the loser, let's see what I have here for you today. I thought, 
the loser has to trade in an Audi for a Monte Carlo. I was just going to say the loser had to like clean the windows of the Salvation Army nearest them. <laughs> but that's cool. I'll do yeah, that. that seems charitable. That seems charitable. I want to say a couple things before we start, before the clock really begins. One, if you want to interact with us, we're on YouTube. We're on Discord. If you want to be on the Discord, there's some serious OGs in there. Hit me up directly. I will send you the link. Right? That's the first thing to note. We have merch. We have coasters, stickers, magnets. I even have some bonus packs of things that are limited edition. And Say if you're what? a real... I Yes, I do. Say what, Grandma? Say again. I'm saying it twice. I've come in the night. Y'all know me. I ain't nice. I have limited edition packs. If you want a limited edition pack... Ask you for the Discord link and then send me your social security number. That is only when I will send you a limited edition pack. But again, Instagram is probably the most visceral place that we are. But what I really want to talk about, Barry, and this is new to you, kind of demi-new. We talked about it last weekend a little bit over some beverages virtually, of course, through the airwaves on our phones. So we are now at episode 52 of Tough to Say. We've had some amazing conversations it's our, it's, our Ray Lewis. it's our Ray Lewis episode I love that reference because it absolutely is minus the murder so in, in, 50, in 52 win we have legal open carry and essentially we operated for the last 25 episodes truthfully not no bullshit at all where we were really not tracking our progress I actually vividly remember a conversation we had at our final Gainesville Gator tailgate as one of us is still a student at the time. And we kind of just, we kind of made a vow. We were just like, I don't really know where these numbers are going. Yeah. And that was a deep one. That was, that was K-Rod. That was the K-Rod crib. Yeah. KK. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And we both made the vow. Let's just continue to consistently produce on a weekly basis. Let's do interviews. Let's figure it out as we go. But let's just not look at how we're doing from a numerical standpoint. Like we're not going to track downloads or streams or whatever. Whatever the metric, we're just not going to look into it, which we have not done. But the goal was always to get to 50, pass off our data sets to the man, the myth, the wonder, Benny Hanna, a.k.a. Benjamin Ross Root, a data analysis wizard. I would then take all these files and I could tell you just... This is just some quick spew in case anybody's out there is like curious of getting into this space. It's a lot more robust than you think. It is not just you record and then you release to this micro distro list. Essentially, you are tracking these analytics that are very deep and run through multiple platforms. Us, for instance, we run through three. We run through a RSS feed, which is what your podcast host is called Buzzsprout which then filtrates your content through Buzzsprout into Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's where we lie. So I went into each platform and I extracted data, raw data, to pass off yeah. to Benny. Did you have to wear any like armor or anything when you went into those battlefields and extracted the data? The Just sword? a hazmat suit and some Kevlar. But other than that, I was Gucci, no jockstrap. I was all right down there. So Gucci. I go in. Wow. Yeah, you. Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Christian Dior, posthumously. And I went into each. I I didn't really know what I was looking at. I'm not a numbers guy. We all know that. And 
I pass it off. About a week later, I get called upstairs. I do live with this man's. And he shows me some incredible data that I had no idea. And I'm here to share some with you today. High level, nothing cray. But I do have some cool stuff to share before we get into our actual spew. And is this more of like a, a careless boast, a look at me now, Chris Brown voice? Or is it more like, hey, audience, this is a snowball growing, baby. We are on to something. We are, we are really uh, cemented in the ranks of three-tiered podcasts. I would say shades of door number two plus a third door that you haven't taken into account, which is the essence of the podcast is what, Barry? Transparency. That's why we do what we do. We want to share the information as it is presented to us in a way that is digestible so people can see how we're actually doing. Because I think, generally speaking, those other podcasts out there, whoever that may be, they want to maybe hide this information in the beginning so that when they grow, they can reflect back on it as like, oh, we were there. I'd rather just show you how we are doing each step of the way. This is being, I don't know, 50 seems like a, a point of inflection, right? Like we've been doing this now for nearly a year. Like we're not quite at the year. A year would be, let me look at my calendar here. The, the year anniversary of Tough to Say episode will come out Monday, August 30th. August 31st being the year anniversary. I got to say a year with tough to say now I've never, I've never had a relationship. I've never dated someone for a year. I could not imagine a year with the significant other because this has been a long time, man. And like a long time, you know, there, there are highs, there are lows, there are growing pains. There's a lot of lessons to learn, but man, um, not to say simp lord, but actually anti simp lord. That's got to just be. That's a long time, man. A year. As a man who's had a one relationship for five years, another for two, and another for one, I would say, of the three, this is my favorite one for sure. I, I definitely love tough to say more than the others, well. and. Um, it's easy to say because it's just, she's so beautiful. Tough to say is so beautiful. I love yeah, you. Baddie. So, tough to say is a tough to say, tough to say is an extreme baddie. So I'm going to share some high-level numbers with the group just so in case you were kidding. And if not, whatever. Also, I'm getting a work call right now that I'm not going to answer. And um, <laughs> I, will, I will answer later. I'm in the midst of something. And... Then we'll get into our actual spew. That's an actual thing. This is crazy, man. It's late at night. It's 9.30. It's 9.30. What the hell? Anyway. Total plays. 27,675. Average plays per episode. This is the one that we've always been yeah. well, this, curious this is, about. This is like, um, what? For a pitcher, it'd be his ERA. It would oh, be... You've lost me there. It'd be a running, it'd be a running back's like average yards a game it'd be a golfer's uh, average score Uh uh-oh i see the eyes rolling barry barry clear the air i'm gonna do this really quick and then it'll be five five seconds it'll be 30 seconds i'll I'll do my charlotte do do your charlotte i'm still listening audience it's about time we have some alone time where we ditch the shall i say annoying and distracted co-host of mine but hey I have officially moved into Charlotte. 
And, you know, I, I come to find I love the place. It's a really beautiful city. It is kind of a hybrid between Atlanta and Tampa, if you will. And some locals may, you know, see me in the street. Not that I'm recognized off tough to say, but more just that I'm of my red hair. And they might say, hey, that's, you know, you're off there. But no, I really think it's a great hybrid because it has that small city vibe that Tampa offers, but also a real intense and and bustling downtown. And I've now gone to work. This was my third day commuting in. And by commuting, I mean, I drive five blocks and park in a parking garage and experiencing a different world outside of Florida and Atlanta, which is really just a stretch, Florida, IMO. Call me crazy, but I don't think it's too far off. But yeah, you get you start going up here in the Carolinas, you are in a different region. You're you're mid-Atlantic, baby. And it's really it's been a really great adjustment period. Last weekend was um quite the blessing on my parents' part who helped me move. But I have really taken to the city for three days. I, I'm I'm pretty happy here. I think it's a great place and I'm excited to grow and I've chronicled with Graham who joins us now once again after yes. a quick little three minute spew out of B McD. But I was just filling in the audience about Oh, I never left. I never left. I had one ear. You were CC yeah, you were CC'd. You're right. You're right. I was CC'd the whole time. I read the yeah. thread. And you know my reaction has always been uh, a, a firm belief that when you graduate that you should make a move to somewhere unfamiliar. Because I think that that leads to tremendous growth internally. But also, life is finite. You should experience something different from what you're accustomed to because it'll just give you a different perspective on the world. Like, I can speak from my situation. I think primarily going from a small town to New York, I know Tampa is considered this more metropolis place, but, like, I reference Safety Harbor as my my neighborhood, like my my little my little borough. Yeah, my incubator. It's a culture shock, and it's one that I look back on so fondly. So to hear you going through this experience, to have some of the the pain points of moving and the grit, which I don't want to talk about yet because I feel like they'll probably come up in in our segments to come. Um, So let me just do another quick top line guy to just cap this off and then let's get into the, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, cause we've done a little upfront here. Maybe we'll do like a 35er, but, um, Hell, I'd even, I'd take a Reggie Bush and do a 25er. You know what, dude? Why are we such good friends? So average plays per episode. This is a skewed number because there were far more listeners at the beginning of our podcast but that's only to the naked eye because when you look further, what it has appeared to be is that we spiked in the early months based on like friends and family and whatever, people tuning in out of curiosity. And instead of plummeting, we fell and then we plateaued. We just stayed the same. And that's the most, to me, that's the most robust statistic that we have because what it shows is whoever, I don't know who you are. I know some of you, but I don't know really who everybody is. I'm trying to get to know you through Discord, through various forms of media. And we've bridged the gap a couple, with a couple of people. Like, yep. shout, shout out Zoe, shout out Victor, shout out Frankie, shout out the gang. They have all tuned in to a level that I can think... I, can, I, can I just shout out DevRap again? 
Jack. Yeah, dude. I mean, I don't know how I. Of course, he he feels more like a brother at this point than did anything. You see, did you see my comment on his post last night? Well, I don't know what he has cooking up for September second, but it, I think he might be doing a show. I I I had a show love, and you know I'm closer. I'm in the Northeast, so if I I'm not. I'm not even joking. I would take a train if it was like in Boston. I would take a train to see a Dev Rap show. No cap. <laughs> but but basically, there's been a a consistent listener count a- around like the 300 to 400 range of people who tune in. And the, the metric to count here is when you look at each episode based on the listeners that there are, the important thing to note is how long are they tuning in to each episode? Because I could listen to like five minutes of an episode and it would not record this certain stat. These are people who are tuning in for at least 40 minutes of time. Wow. They're listening. And I don't know who you are. And I don't really know why you listen to Barry and I. I think that'll always be our calling card because I really don't know why. I couldn't tell you. But I guess... My only other thing I want to say uh, is Apple is, is crushing Spotify, like murdering it. Like Spotify is nearly irrelevant. Yeah, that, that's what we do, Bill. That's what we do. We take Spotify out to the dumpster. Apple I mean, gang. It's getting killed. It's Apple getting murdered. gang. Yeah, because, dude, I don't think, I mean, Spotify definitely has a music presence that I can't deny. Likely more than Apple Music. But when it comes to podcasts, I think everybody still uses the Apple Podcast app. Should you have yeah. an Apple phone? Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to speak for you, but do you, you, you use Spotify for your podcast? I use Spotify primarily, but I also use Apple because there are a couple of podcasts I listen to that are only on Apple. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think pardon the interruption is only on Apple. No, it's on uh, Spotify as well. Well, cap me. Yeah, Capricorn, cornucopia. Last thing I'm going to say, then let's actually talk about the things people care about is uh by city the top cities which this is a great one i think is cool and and uh i gave you incorrect data last time we spoke of it but because at first i thought it was atlanta that was the number one and i just that didn't make much sense to me i thought it was tampa and then new york no it goes it goes where is this fucking tab and then Gainesville. It's, it's tampa new york Gainesville, Miami, and Atlanta. GG. GG. Okay. You want to talk about actual stuff? Yeah. I wanted to ask you a question right off the dome. Okay. So we're starting the clock. 25? 25. Reggie Bush. Yeet. So I was talking to Banky. Banky is an MSRE homie, ally, friend. And he told me he just attended a professional networking event. Would you ever go to one of those? Yes, but they make my skin crawl because it feels like you're forcibly mingling, but everybody's there more for utility than they are for friendship or to meet new people. Like, And that's kind of because I'm just a cynical man, but yeah. I always feel like the conversations are, are so cringy and that Perhaps. everything that you talk about is all about work and like, I don't know about you, but at least for me, like when I'm outside the confines of my employment, that is the last thing I want to discuss, let alone going to a bar and being like, hey, 
let's surround myself with people that only want to talk about that. I want to talk about the last time you cried. I don't want to talk about the last brief that you sent through to client. Like that sounds terrible to me. Yeah, just to maybe add perspective, Banky like went with the intention to like make friends and meet people and talk. And he said it was like one of the best experiences of his life. And I was just curious because I probably would fall more in the middle of you guys. I, I certainly wouldn't go like solo. Mm-hmm. I think I would go if, if there was a booth that we sponsored or a friend of mine asked me to go and tag along. I have no problem with that. But it's an interesting it's an interesting social construct, those big either restaurants and obviously, you know, you, you follow the boys, but those four boys in South Florida and Tampa now, they kinda do that to a better level. I think they do it with much more emphasis on the setting. Yes, because the- I think what they have done is it feels more genuine from them yeah. because they come from a background that at least people know these guys are not narcs. These guys have had lots of fun in their lives, and now they're looking yeah. to bridge the gap in between the two of, of fun and professionalism. Because those, when I see the content coming out of it, they don't. They look fun. They look like pretty lit. They look yeah, like I think, pretty I think dope. They get after it, yeah, I think they get, yeah, yeah. But I can't say that I've been to one that I enjoy. I I really don't even like. This is probably just me. I don't even even really like work happy hours. Like when I hear people that are like. Oh yeah, I love my coworker. Like we go out all the time. I'm like, bro, I would I would rather live for five years in a third world country than to like befriend a coworker in that capacity. Like, bro, I'm that's that's my job, dog. Like I have a very full life outside of work. I don't know about intertwining the two. I think this is a personal fault. I don't think this is like yeah. a I don't yeah. think this is like a general thing. But I'm just I'm I pretty love, anti. I mean, my coworker is my well, he technically is my boss. Love yeah. the guy. So I, I, I think that might, maybe that'll change. Let's, let's, put, let's put a positive twist on that. I mean, maybe COVID in the rearview mirror, those events pop up and you say, hey. I think so too. And I also think I have not been in the best of situations. And so as a result, when I'm done, I want to flee instead of linger Although I will tell you that my first job, although very hard, was a work hard, play hard environment. I had a lot of fun with those people, I will say. And um, I keep up with a few. But yeah, I think generally speaking, like, I just got so many people in my life, bro. I I don't know about making it like work people in my life. Like, I don't know, kindly just piss off. But I have something that I want to say that... I think is a reaction to some feedback that I've received. And this is vanilla, I promise. I'm distilled at this point. I've, uh, I've, I've taken the blows. I'm rolling with the punches. I, I just want to say that I personally am okay saying what I believe needs to be said. And I am not afraid to speak my mind because I believe that I'm discussing things again, I'm being very cryptic and ambiguous here, that are pain points in people's careers and lives. And if it somehow negatively affects me in some way, only me. So if it affects other people negatively, then I would re- I would reassess, which I, you know, I have. But if it's just me, so be it, man. Honestly, I'm at that point. I'm really kind of shifting gears. To tra- the trajectory has been changed. 
my mind is altered and I just want to go a different path. And this is something I'm very passionate about. And if it's something that is somehow like dangerous by any sense and like, all right, that's my sword to die on. And truly that's more enjoyable and fulfilling to me than just playing by the rules and staying quiet. That's just not, it's never been my game. And I've been quiet and I'm, I'm going to be self-aware to, uh, I think just not biting the hand that feeds and maybe also like there are just people who just bark that I will, you know, I'll, I'll just try to quell. I'll try to quell as best I can and be more cognizant of how I communicate some of these topics moving forward because this is new to me as it is to you. So it's a growth process, you know, at least I'm self-aware and growing. That's just my piece. I just want to throw that out there. I want to get it out to the air and if it pertains to you in any way, shape, or form out there, if you're a listener, just internalize it, man. And just leave me alone. <laughs> that was, that, you just did a Cole Beasley, like, <laughs> like vaccine spew with the bills. Um, I don't know if you saw that, but he basically he went to the media and he's like, hey, here's my thoughts. That's my thought. See you guys. Yeah. I also think... I don't really want to be compared to Cole Beasley. I don't know if I agree with the man's. I definitely don't agree with him or DeAndre. I think it's. I don't know where you fall on the. You want to talk? You want to be a little like do a little contentious debate on here about vaccines in the NFL. That's tough, bro. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of down. Tough. It is tough. Um, it, it's it's very difficult. I mean, I don't think LeBron has the vaccine. He definitely does. No, he do- he doesn't. He doesn't. Mm-mm, that was the big thing with like. Is that confirmed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't have the vaccine. There, there really? are several. Yeah, there are several. I mean, there, I'm sure there are more than we even think. Because, like, again, happy to say, fully vaccinated. I'm in the clear. Did what I needed to do. Blah blah blah. But you got to think that. Um, Look, I, I, I got two shots, and each time I was absolutely... It was like a Category 5 hurricane was just hitting my body. Yeah, you got rocked. And I think perhaps with athletes, they might get a little worried that, hey, um, their body is their livelihood. And yeah. I'm just... I'm, I'm an trying asset. To empathize, I'm trying yeah. to empathize as much as I can. Obviously, you know, I believe in having perhaps the ability to say no or yes. And yeah. accordingly, um, if that's if the NFL has the power to say, like employers do, hey, you have to get it to come to work, then that puts the players in a pretty tough spot, doesn't it? It does. And I, for one, look at mandates as uh, pretty spooky. But all that to be said... It just seems so. It seems so frivolous to me not to. I think in their sake, because I think a rule is a rule. Like you just got to follow it. And yeah, yeah. If it's like you have to get, it's essentially like if you were to go to Asia, you would get a series of shots to sure. ensure that you were properly protected, not only for the people that you see, but vice versa, right? It, it's a two-way street from the things you can infect and to be infected. 
Sure. And it, it's it's just a little, it's an odd conversation too. And I don't know if you yeah. saw this, just the shift that New York City will become the first vaccine passport city. So. Start, I don't know, started in, uh, we'll start in September, I believe, after Labor Day. And I actually, it happened to me over this past weekend. I went to this club that I'm fond of called Nowadays, and that was my ticket. It was showing the card, like the tangible card. Yeah. And I showed it, and I was ready to go, and I have it, but I was also like, fuck, that's a little dystopian. Yeah. No, and it's something out of a, um, you know, the, the giver. Like, it's something out of, like, a crazy book that... And, you know, I also think it's a conversation, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're taking this, this journey in our conversation tonight. Like, society has been just ravished, right? Like, we first had the pandemic, then we had, you know, a summer of, of real... Br- looking ourselves in the mirror yeah. when it comes to uh inclusion and then it, then it's now kind of boiled over into what you just had to do in some of these urban dense settings is prove you know not even it's not even your id no it is a completely different document and that's new like that's tough and i i think some of that behavior is spilling over i mean i saw that just terrible video of that guy on the plane that frontier flight that went viral and you see some behavior at those sports arenas with the NBA games and the MLB games. And, you know, I just wonder if, if we're, we're pressing too hard as everyone's cooped up and, and just trying to get out. And I'm not saying, you know, one way is right, one way is wrong. I'm just trying to make observations and, and connect dots because it's a very, it's a very interesting time. I mean, I, I, I don't know my reaction. Uh, you know, obviously I would, I have nothing to hide. I would comply. But yeah. it would definitely. I'd be. I'd have the same shock. I'd be like, "Wow, like that just happened." Okay. And but I, I think someone very pro that movement would say, "Hey, you have to prove your shots to go to high school, and to go to elementary school." So, hey, I don't think there's a right or a wrong. It's just from our stance, it's fun to step back and just notice the whole landscape. Yeah, because we're both people who have not overreacted to anything that has happened over the course of our entire lives. I don't know right. of anything that I have been like so passionate about that the powder keg turned into a volcanic eruption. I just yeah. I don't really feel that way about anything. Do you think that has more to do with a focus elsewhere? I think so. And I also think I think I'm just I'm comfortable controlling what I can control. Yeah. yeah. And everything that's external to that, what am I going to do? That was like, a lesson uh, I learned in golf was like, I mean, more to do with golf, but when it came to recruiting, it was kind of like, hey, you could only play well and you can't control if a school has a scholarship. No. And I think in our lives, how we could draw parallels is, hey, the world is going to turn no matter what. And if a crazy virus occurs... Just play with the cards you're dealt. And if you got to get a shot, get a shot. And if they need you to show it in certain places and prove you did it, you know, hey, that's that's not going to be my biggest issue of the day. My biggest issue no. is going to be what I'm working toward. And I think for the people that get upset one way or another, there might be bigger fish to fry. I'm with you 100%. I couldn't be more with you because it's almost even hard to fathom in my day-to-day 
to somehow incorporate this exterior stressor in my oh, life yeah. to have it profoundly influence the things that I'm doing. I, I, it's impossible for me to think of. I, I've never had that in my life and I just don't know what that would be. I don't know. The only time I can think about it is when we were all cooped up, when we were all in the same circumstances sure. and sure. There, was, there was really no clear path forward. But even then... The earth, it, it was it was still oxidized. I still woke up and breathed. Yeah. I still took a stroll when I was do, stressed. Do you think that? Do you think that's human nature? Is almost built with a sense of optimism. Like at the end of the day, we were all waking up. I think I don't want to speak for call it a majority, but I think everybody after the first crazy couple of days and watching the news for a long time realized, hey. Do what I got to do for however long it takes. There will be brighter days. Yeah. And that was kind of what kept me in the game. Because when, when it first came down, you know, I had graduated undergrad. I was, I was doing a, I was working and I was going back to school. So my only thought was, hey, how is this impacting what's going to take me to the next step? Not, hey, what, what's going on? Let me calibrate. Let me figure this out. It was, it was much more like this is a roadblock that I have to overcome. And I think yeah. that. That is that is the the takeaway for me. We're progress oriented guys, and each step is just that an obstacle to break through. You want to get on the other end of the brick wall, even if that means disassembling it one brick at a time. That's right. And in some of those more difficult scenarios, that's what you have to do. I'm in that situation as we speak. Yeah. And every morning I wake up. I put on my painter's apron and I put a solvent to dissolve the the grout in between bricks to just dissolve and dissolve and dissolve until I get to the bottom and walk through. But at no point do I feel, oh, I need to stop because of something I can't control. It seems bizarre to me. <laughs> wanted to take a second quick break to talk to you about Ama Healing. Ama Healing is my personal CBD brand of choice. When I'm feeling sus, sketched, anxious, you name it, I get that hemp oil balance, specifically the lemon. Ama Healing has helped me tremendously in my professional life as well as my personal life. This is high quality CBD. There's a lot of ways to purchase as far as product goes. I am a hemp oil balance guy. They have designer melatonin. They have salves. They have elixirs, which sounds like what a wizard uses in Hogwarts in order to figure out how to cure some sort of extraneous disease. But the CBD is really nice. It seriously helps me tremendously. And if you use promo code TTS at checkout, you get 20% off your order. This isn't even an ad read. I don't even know if I get paid for this shit. I just do it out of the kindness of my heart because this is something I believe in. All right, enough about TTS checkout, enough about Ama Healing. Again, amahealing.co. Let's bring on Joe Salzer to talk a little bit about his launch brand, and then we'll get into the spew after that. Enjoy the interview. Hit up Joe, all platforms. We drop all the plugs. All right, Joe, come on board. Welcome to the table, Joe Salzer. This is a kid I stacked blocks with in kindergarten, put the Navy basketball team on our backs in eighth grade, 
dormed with during our first New York internship, I think that one's often overlooked. I think when I tell people that, they're like, where were you? I was at NYU. Of course, that's where we were stationed. And now, now, I watch you grow, do your own thing from the sidelines, always checking in. A man who truly doesn't need an introduction, but today I said, fuck it, maybe you deserve one. Joe, how we doing, man? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. One one thing I don't, you know, in that introduction, I don't want to skip over is the fact that during that summer in Lipton Hall, Graham was actually written up multiple times by my boy Federico. Um, so yeah, I just like that's something that I wanted to throw out immediately. I don't want to let, let that be glossed over. Super important. And that's part of your introduction right here. Um, thank you for having me, Graham, Barry. I appreciate you guys. Um, fan of the podcast. So Appreciate that. Appreciate that. I also want to just say, Federico, if you're out there, no hard feelings. I will generally say that Northeastern schools are soft. Do not give any back talk to any public safety officers. Respect authority. But why are we here today, bro? Let's talk a little business out the gate before we really dive in to you, the business, your mind, the body, the soul, the spirit. From what I gather, did a little prep before this call. This is the official session, of course, but you are now launching something of your own. And again, this is just high level before we get into the nitty gritty. But from what I understand, we have some sort of consulting business for independent artists, labels, managers who are looking to, dare I say, Nas, bridge the gap. Talk me through. Sounds a little bit like a talent G League. I'm very curious. I have lots locked and loaded. Let's just start there. We'll get through the rest. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go high level for sure to start. So the company's called Arena Consulting. You nailed it. I mean, it is a consulting company to kind of bridge the gap for independent artists, labels, managers to kind of get um, from those beginning sort of infancy stages to wherever they want to be. Um, so it's something that I've noticed is kind of a gap in the music industry right now. Here's just that. Like one of my favorites is 40,000 songs get uploaded to Spotify every single day. That's a lot. 42,000 a week. That's crazy. Um, so there are a lot of artists out there that, that need help and a lot of artists that aren't being paid attention to until they either make a hit song or are popping on TikTok or do something crazy that goes viral. Um, so I think as a music industry, we're doing a disservice to artists by not paying attention to, uh, to them until they get to that point. So in, in my head, the idea of Arena is to help people in the early stages, give them somebody who has been around in the industry. I've been working in music for 10 years. I was 14 years old. Like I've seen this shit at a very, very, very high level and at a very, very low level from like the smallest sort of developing artist to, you know, working with the biggest independent artists in the world. So I think that through all that, um, I, I kind of realized that, that one of the reasons I'm here is to help and serve people. So the idea behind Arena is to really, in a scalable way, help as many people and artists as I possibly can. It's an industry that is often kind of thought of as just being so hard to make it. It's like, you know, the, the, the handful of artists that you can think of, it's a no-brainer. We all know them, come to mind very easily. And once you're hot, you know, you either burn quick or you stay around for a while. Hearing that, saying that, knowing that that's the kind of reality, your career, you said 10 years, that climb to now where you are now, I'm sure you've seen probably a whole lot. And you probably also had to endure a whole lot. 
the 10 years from when you were 14 to now, has it been kind of a, a, a subtle yet progressing climb? Or for sure. just these crazy ups and downs of, of reality, and that is uh, just one of the most unique industries out there. Definitely. I think that, that the music industry is one where it's naturally going to be very, like, a, a high and low type of thing. I was lucky um, in the sense that the artists that I got involved with when I was at a very young age happened to go on to be a generational talent type of person. Um, so that was nice. It was like a big growth and a lot of highs. I think that you kind of nailed it in what you were saying, that it's like a very gate-kept industry. And a lot of people don't have access um, to folks who kind of know what's going on. And that's why it's so hard to make it in the industry. Because you, you can't find people just anywhere who know what they're talking about, who you can trust and believe in. Um, and it's for an independent artist, it's like you're kind of just throwing stuff at the wall, trying to make things work and Googling, how do I get in a Spotify playlist? Yeah, or, it's got to be just a Google and learn type of definitely. for so many. And you used, not to, to double down, but that word trust, especially because yeah. a, a lot of artists are young, um, you know, and, and I try and follow it as much as I can. That word trust, I mean, you hear horror stories. Yeah. And, and that, I'm sure you, you know industry stories that are like, what the hell? All the time. And it people say that, but I've seen it, you know, and that's a real thing. So it's one of the things that I will always place an absolute 100% emphasis on is my trust in artists, number one, and also their trust in me, which is why I think a consulting relationship is something that's really great because it allows that to develop. Um, and I, I see independent artists taken advantage of a lot. And that's something that really, really hurts me to see. And one thing that I want to like, not help fix, but just like be a part of the solution um, and not really let that stuff happen anymore. Um, yeah. I notice it, especially on TikTok as a shameless consumer who watches person after person pop off in ways that you understand that they were not expecting. It's the flash in the pan, instant gratification. We've talked about it a million times on this podcast and how to replicate that success and maintain it. And you have to think too of how many kids, which now I sound like a fucking homer, 25 year old guy, but like, I guess I suppose anywhere between the ages of like 16 to 23 would be that kid range, I suppose. Maybe I'm dating myself, yeah. but they're constantly being, I guess, just leveraged in ways that are always more advantageous for the company than the person. But I want to dip in a little bit about your story, and then obviously we can circle back, corporate gram speak, to some of the other hot button issues we just touched on. But for somebody like myself and those out there curious of the entertainment industry. I'm just curious how you broke in in the first place because it's truly no cap at 14 that you were involved in a in a really influential way. I remember remind me. It was the the publication yeah. you were writing for. Was it Collective? What was the name of that? It was it was a K. So, Collection. 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 Yeah, yeah. And Fresh New Tracks was another one. So, yeah. those were both music music blogs. And in 2012, 2013, that was kind of the way that music was being proliferated. And that's where people were like, this is before 
Spotify. This is when people were getting music from SoundCloud, Hulkshare, Mediafire, like those type of places. And these blogs were sort of the aggregator of the music. And my older brother, two years older than me, um, we've always been super close. He started a music blog and he left it to go on to a bigger one. This is like a blog spot type shit. It was called Wet and Wild Beats. That's where I got my start. Was wet, <laughs> wet and Wild, wild Beats. beats. <laughs> wild was spelled W-Y-L-D. Naturally. That's how wild, that's how wild the shit was. Naturally. Um, and he left it to go on for, to like a bigger one. And me being the sort of like doting younger brother and always replicating my brother's steps. I'm sorry, Will. Um, I was like, yo, can I take this over? Like, this looks fun. He was like, I literally don't care at all. Like you do whatever you want. It's like, um, so I did it and was like, I really like this. And writing has always been a passion of mine as his music. So it was kind of the perfect intersection of being able to write about music. And through that, I got to know artists in Tampa. I got to know artists across the, the country um, because all these artists were super appreciative of little blog posts. Like that was how their music was getting out there. So they were always super receptive to it. Like everybody was talking on Facebook Messenger at the time. So I got to connect with all these people. And eventually I realized that, you know, getting a, a hundred views a month on my website, like wasn't enough. So I went on to a bigger one, a bigger one, a bigger one, a bigger one. and was eventually working for, Fresh New Tracks in the Collection, which were two of the biggest websites on the internet by the time I was 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And through that, um, discovered um, Chance the Rapper's music, was able to help them out with their blog strategy, their digital marketing, and kind of get involved in that come up before it was really, before it had really gotten going. Um, was involved with Genius, Rap Genius at the time, so I wrote like the introductory post for introducing Chance the Rapper to Rap Genius. Um, and really just like realized that what I loved was being there and connecting with artists and helping them get to where they wanted to be. And I was in a place where I had thousands of people reading my work and downloading the songs that I was posting, um, which allowed me kind of to get to know artists and help them and be there for them, which is sort of how management happened for me and how I fell into that. So about three and a half years ago, uh, Pat, who was the guy who employed me as a 15, 16 year old, was like, why don't you come to Chicago and work for us full time? The management company at the time, still doing the same kind of stuff, a bunch of artists. So that's kind of how I like got myself full time in the music industry as a job when I was 20 years old. So it's really just like, it's a relationship game for sure, but it's also, it's, it's just being, just being a good person and it's providing value. And that's one of the things that even when I was younger, I was like, this is what I want to be doing, which is just like navigating the business in a way that was genuine to me, which was just being kind and trying to add value in whichever, whichever way I could, which is why it was really awesome when the opportunity came around to do it full time. Well, I appreciate the timeline because I was just going down memory lane as you were answering that, logging on almost every other hour to hotnewhiphop.com and downloading <laughs> the latest, because that was like peak leak Lil Wayne season. Yes, dude. So my buddies and I, dude, we were on that website. I mean, it was our Bible. And I we didn't think of it as a blog. Right. We thought of it more of like, hey, this is our iTunes. This is better yep. than iTunes. We'll just take yeah. a YouTube to MP3 or... Uh, however we used to convert it and yeah. 
it speaks to just how fast industries change because as oh. Graham alluded to, now you get big on, on TikTok and now you get big trying to catch a wave and not, yep. you know, maybe, maybe blog. And I, I'm not very literate when it comes to the blogging scene, but it must put more emphasis on you to know what's hot, what's working at the time. And that's probably a significant challenge. For sure. And I, I always, one thing I always preach is never be too reliant on one social media platform. And we saw this when like, we thought that our president was going to ban TikTok, which right now is a crazy thing to say out loud. Like, <laughs> I know. It, that, it, was, it was always a contentious uh, debate between Barry <laughs> yeah, and I. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Is that even possible? Um, so I, I, I always tell people never become too reliant on it. Like, look at what happened with Vine. Like there were people out there who had massive, yeah. massive Vine followings, and hey, then that app gone. I had a good Vine. I had a, I had a good. Whoa, vine. whoa! Are you <laughs> yes. in any of the like? Are you in any of like the Vine compilations that I watch every other night? No chance. There's Just no to, shot, like, feel, I, yeah. I had a good no local chance. Vine. Thank you for saying that. Is you were, of course, you yeah. Yeah, and I I just think you can't be too reliant yeah. on one thing, whether it be blogs at that time. It's like while blogs were building, it's like you still had to be building your, your Instagram, which was a burgeoning app at the time. You still had to be taking care of your Twitter, all that kind of stuff, because like that, all, like that app could be gone and you could lose it. So it's like if you have a massive following on TikTok and you aren't converting those folks to your YouTube or your Instagram or your Twitter, then it's like you're you're losing out on that just in case that app dies. Cause they will. I mean, something better is going to come along. We can't even fathom what it's going to look like now, but it will. The parallels gotta be just risk management as far as like investing. Like no one would want to be all in on one particular thing. It's just spreading them out. And I think the light bulb has gone off on my end at least because leveraging those platforms to use a word, we'll probably keep saying the word leveraging. No. Yeah. That's the name of the game for you. It's figuring out and, and, and implementing their strategies broadly. So yeah, what, and, a, what a fascinating journey. And you mentioned like the viral sort of flash in a pan thing. And it's like, you can get that. Like you can have all the eyes on you at once. But if you don't have something to, to follow up with that, then it's, you're, you're not making the most of it. And a lot of times that like viral kind of flash happens without you even trying for it. It's like I went viral on TikTok twice in like the last month and it's like I had no idea. It was an accident, you yeah. know? And sometimes that stuff happens and it's like if you don't have stuff to follow it up with or you don't have like a brand built for fans to fall into, then you're actually, that, that drop off is going to be massive. Dude, it's monstrous and I can speak for uh, the people out there who also accidentally went sort of kind of viral and then didn't really and then didn't know what to do it was sharing the story I mean that's like nothing in the grand scheme of things but when we were first launching Tuck to Say I put out a TikTok yeah and it was like it was was honestly what what brought us our most OG fans to this day because it it was about the story and the lineage of how this all came to be and what we're seeking to do and what the platform's going to be about and the various opportunities within our space. And I put it out because at the time I was just staying in Gainesville fucking around and released it to the world. At this time, I only, I didn't really even have TikTok for very long. And then all of a sudden just saw a lot of traction and literally it was that experience that like led to the birth because we had already been born, but perhaps this is when the umbilical cord was cut because it took us into a different space where we didn't think that we would end up being. But I think my, my big question for you right now as somebody who's been in that position, 
because as you're seeking talent and you're looking for people who are worthwhile to back, because obviously like the humanitarian effort is there. You are a really, really fantastic guy, not to toot your horn, but like the, uh, Thank the, the want to help and serve is, is one of, it's the truth. I think that honestly stems not to be so hokey about it, but like it stems from our roots. Um, you know, we were sure. put in the world to make a positive sure. difference, but yeah. How do you identify that talent? Like are, when you're scrolling through or like things are being aggregated or things, things are being sent your way. How do you differentiate through all these noise? Because there, there are like virality is honestly, it's tough to come by, but at the same time, even though that this is going to slightly contradict myself, at the same time, it is super feasible. So how do you cut through for the noise? Like how do you sure. determine the person, the place, the thing in order to launch them into another space? Yeah, yeah, great, great question. Thanks, um, I was working on that. I think that, that, boom. Um, I think that, that for me, it's like I, I can never, and I try very, very hard to never let myself get too far away from my gut. Because I do think that that's what, makes me special it's what makes me different and what's it's what makes me good at what i do and it's what's put me in the position that i'm in now and i my line is like a lot of people ask me what genre i work in like i tell them i work in music they're like okay what genre and i'm like i don't like i and i say i work with anything that that moves me so any sort of thing that makes me emotional it's like i want to be around so it, it could be me seeing a guy do a cover on TikTok. I see 500 of those a day, you know, but it's like one of them will cut through and I'll be like, this actually makes me emotional. Like this moves me. That's somebody I want to talk to. Cause like I can put him in the room with producers who are good. Yeah. I can put him with songwriters who are good, but it's like the person had to hit. And I think that's a, a hard thing to quantify, obviously. Yeah. And that's where you, you really have to trust your gut. And I, I, look at, I look at stats, you know, I'm not going to lie, but I never want to let that dictate my gut. I never want to let that sort of infiltrate my radar for talent um, or just like, I don't know, that ability to move people. And that's like why, that's why I work in music, yeah. right? Is like the, when I hear a song and it, it could be a, it could be anything. It could be a country song, right? It could be a classical song. It could be dubstep, whatever it is. It's like, if I hear it and it sort of is like those, those moments that like transcend, right? Where you're like, the song actually takes me out of whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm feeling right now and takes me somewhere else. It's like, that's about as like divine or as close to God, I think as you can get not to be too like theological with it. But that's the stuff that I want to help share with as many people as possible. Double dipping, Barry. Double dipping, Barry. Sam, I was... Fuck off. Fuck off. So... (laughs) I'm saving it. I'm saving it. So all that to be said, I wonder how much of the game is talent versus character versus drive, the hunger. Oh. How do you... How do you... Is is a star truly born out of all of these components matched up in yeah. a five card exodia combination it is it is it is and i've worked with people that have the talent but not the vision and i've worked with people that have the personality but not the like it's, it's seen all that and one of the reasons why arena is built on the ground floor as consulting is because it gives me the ability 
to work with people in a lighter capacity before ramping up the relationship to the next levels, right? So Arena is going to have Arena Records. Like, we're going to have Arena Distribution. We're going to be able to actually put people's music out. But in the meantime, what the consulting does is it gives me the ability to test out relationships and also gives the artist the chance to test out a relationship, right? To actually like see if they want to work with me, which I think is equally as important. Like if I want to work with them, it's like the relationship needs to be, has to be mutually beneficial for both parties and both people have to be into making it work. And all of the relationships I've seen between a, a label and an artist, a manager, an artist, a distributor, an artist, it's like it's born. The best ones are born out of mutual trust and mutual excitement and mutual understanding, which is like, we want to get somewhere that's bigger than this. So I love working with art. Like I need to work with artists that have vision, right? It's like, I can't come up with visions for people, but I can help them achieve, see through and see out whatever, you know, their wildest dreams are. Like we can get there. Well, if you ever have an opportunity to connect me with either ATL Jacob, Southside, <laughs> or Turn Me Up YC, please, I'd love to interview them because I know you have connections that are deeper than what you're leading on to. But Definitely. I would be, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a question that I'm struggling to answer. Um, and I've always wondered this. So why would an artist stay independent? Why would they not join? Yeah. Maybe what I'm asking is, is what, what, isn't joining, by joining you, are they, are they not now dependent like so i think when, when it, did they it, lose that or gain right that? so i think that independent at least in my eyes um refers to to signing away your masters which are the actual like actual audio recordings of your music and it's like the, that is like the patent it's like the patent of your song exactly and that has yeah. typically been what record labels do is sign artists to recording agreements and part of that is owning the artist masters so I think that you can be independent and have a ma- you can 100% be independent and have a manager. You can 100% be independent and have a distribution deal because those those people aren't touching your masters. So you actually own the copyright of your own music. To me, is what I define as independent. So, so I'm gonna double. Okay, keep going. Jake. No, double down. Double down. I'm ready. Well, I want to double down because you're now you're in the business world, and I, I get the sense that your background is music and management and and interpersonal skills and growing, growing and up and coming, right? Yeah. Now, hey, I think you gotta go get an LLC. Now you gotta start paying business tax. Now you gotta do all this noise that perhaps isn't in your wheelhouse, perhaps isn't maybe what you're very literate in. Yeah. Talk so to me, what, what are you doing? How that's you been doing? a very, that's been a very, um, I'm not gonna say fun part about the last two months, right? So it's <laughs> like I left, I, left, I left my company at the end of May. And in the last two months have been learning those sort of business things. And it's like, yeah. my dad is a very, uh, I'd say a genius businessman. I've kind of wanted to do this on my own or have been like trying to figure it out on my own. So it's me Googling, how do I file an LLC? Um, <laughs> but I have, I have, <laughs> I have gone through all of that stuff and it's been like sort of a challenge. Cause for me, it's like, yo, I just want to, help artists and help people. But I also understand that it's like, that shit's very important. It's like, I have to have a way to, to process payments and I have to be collecting emails to retarget customers and like all of that kind of stuff, which is not fun to me, but it's the important like sides of business that as an entrepreneur, which I guess I apparently am now, um, (laughs) 
it's like I, you, yeah. you, you, you have to do. Um, and it, it hasn't, I wouldn't say it's been fun, but I also think that the fun stuff for me in my head is being able to think super big again. Right. So I get to think about how, um, I can build something that's going to change the world or like change music. Right. And that's been the cool part about sort of getting in this business mindset is like, okay, how does this actually scale? Right. Cause it's, I'm not going to make the impact that I want to make just by consulting with artists for the rest of my life, sure. and nor is that the plan. Yeah. Right. It's like the scalable plan is actually like consulting ground floor distribution, record label management. So it's all a feeder type thing. And that's where it's like different than what, other people are doing in the industry and is like sort of a new spin on the business of it. We were chatting about this in the digital green room, if you will, before we hopped into the official stew recording session here. And that was this concept that you have been the consummate student of the game for so many years now, really stemming from those days in middle school, high school, all throughout college. And then now this, this period in Chicago laying roots listening to some of the greats. And I think I even yeah. looked down the roster of people you've interacted with, and forgive me if name dropping's not in the cards here, but finna do it either way. But like when we were in New York and you were working with Ryan, Ryan Leslie, for those who are unaware, who, by the way, just had a really dope Keith, Keith feature. I can't speak, bro. A Kith feature with like right alongside, oh, right alongside Ronnie Feig, whom I'm a big fan oh, of, Superfire looked fly as fuck. Called him a savant, actually. Are you are you a Kith? Are you a Kith guy? I'm a huge Kith guy. I think I put Graham on Kith actually when we were in New York. Oh, I so, I, yeah, I definitely did. Fuck, because because Graham, listen, when you get this far south, Graham, you know he prides himself on taking these trends south. So if you're sure. If you're the plug to Graham, dude, wow, I, let me revelation on the. Let podcast. me take it. This is something you don't know, Barry. I'll take a little. I'll take a second and aside, if you will, before I jump back into the question here. But my first internship in New York, Joe was like, "Hey, man, there's this brand I've been on for a long time. They're dropping these box T logo T-shirts on Bowery. We should go. It's like right on Bowery Lafayette." I'm like, "Well, dude, I have work," and he's like, "Dude." You've got to figure it out, man. It's this drop. It's limited edition. You have to see what it's all about. So I just went. Like I worked a super corporate job, first internship in New York. I'm just like, I need to experience New York for what it offers. So I'm going to ride the wave. And I was under the impression the whole time, I'm going to go. I'm going to get the shirt. I might get a trinket. I'll be at work 10 a.m. No problem. I get to work at like noon because the line's all the way down the block. It's incredibly blurred. I'm experiencing this drop for the first time. And yes, I will say like Joe opened my eyes to this whole life. And honestly, you could even trace it Damn. back to like how my wardrobe changed because Joe remembers that I came into that dorm with a lot of Southern yeah, yeah. Tide and Vineyard Vines. Oh, yeah. And over the course oh, yeah. of times, things have changed. And I told my manager at the time, I was like, I didn't even like have an excuse I was like, I brought the Kith bag in with me to my cubicle. And he's like, dude, what the fuck? Where have you been? I'm like, oh, no, my bad, man. Like, I just thought it was going to be a lot earlier. But I got this like, shirt. Bro, I, had to get a, I had to get a, a T-shirt. And I remember texting, you know, Mike <laughs> at Superphone and being like, yo, I got to, you know, I got to wait in line for this Kith team. He's like, I don't care. Come on, whatever. And Graham's over there, like, <laughs> showing up two hours late with a Kith bag. That's awesome. 
yeah, this was uh, the root of my anarchy, which is now spread to... Uh, Wait, do we want to say our sponsor for the episode is now Kiff? Yeah, I, let me talk to Ronnie first, and I can see if he can give us a promo code. Um, we can get it to him. We can get it to him. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it over to him. But I digress, yeah. I'm surprised you never knew that story. I guess that wouldn't have got past your radar. Anyway, so we're talking hold on, about... Hold on, I, I, I got to get a charger. Hold that thought. No worries. Barry, Barry, what's going on with you, man? What's the latest? What a pivot. I like this. I kind of like like a nice interlude where we can speak a little bit. This is when we'll plug our sponsor, Kith. Yeah, so Hi, we're sponsored by, sponsored Kith, by Kith. Yeah, today. Kith Beyblades, actually. Promo code DICK and TTS. Um, feel free to cop. We're Thanks. doing box logo tees. Okay, he's back. Thank you, Roman Health, for the break. I appreciate you. So, as I was saying... But I like that little that little side. Anyway, anyway, side quest. We're yeah, back nice. back to the main quest. Yeah. Working yeah. alongside some of these people. Also, I want to just drop the name because I'm wearing the shirt too. I got a Caucasian James shirt on, uh, yeah, um, of which I'm a huge fan of. So you've yeah. you've come across a lot of these stars. Like I guess we could just like box them into that category of like you know they're very they're influencers. They're and not in the sense of the true sense of the word, which I think societally we look at. I, I mean like literal influencers of culture of music of fashion of social media of like etc i tend to look at it that way instead but now that you're branching out from where you have been for so long like quite literally a decade of learning why now like why is this the time now to secede and then start saul's new journey chronicle yeah thank you for the caucasian james shirt i appreciate it it was a great drop don't vape surf the web baby support um, I think for me, and, and I was kind of in a, a mode where I was felt like I had reached a growth ceiling, and I think it's it's kind of a hard revelation to come to to realize that you're maybe you know your head touching the wall, um, and you're not in a glass elevator, especially in the music industry. Where it's like yo, things are going really well. We got artists that are buzzing and are popping. It's like I just ride this out. Um, but I was actually talking to a, a career coach because I was like confused and very anxious about like what my next steps would be. And she was like, after going through all my experience and kind of the stuff that I've, I've accomplished and been around and done, she was like, you know what, you're, you're the type of person who like has all this experience, but you're going to keep saying that and not start your own company. And I was like, wait a second fuck you. Um, <laughs> in the yeah, best way. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Cause it kind of, it, it, it made me realize that I had learned so much from all these people around me and I had soaked up everything that they had to offer in the best possible way. I'd taken the good, the bad. I'd learned what to do, what not to do. And I, I still don't have all the answers, you know, but I was just at the point where I was like, I'm ready to actually, own something myself and if the shit changes in a year and a half two years five years if it pivots to something else that's totally you know okay with me but as i'm like running up on my 25th birthday here i'm like it's time you know i've paid my dues i've grinded and again i don't have all the answers i don't know the the exact right thing to do at all times but nobody does and that was like a a really cool and good realization for me. And something that I actually learned in New York, I was leaving this meeting with, not to name drop, especially not this one, but I was leaving a meeting with Gary Vaynerchuk. 
And yeah, I remember this. I, uh, yeah, and I, I asked the guy who had you know been in a meeting and killing it. I was like, yo, you know, I was trying to learn. I'm 20 years old. I was like, how'd you do that? And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, that was really impressive. How'd you do that? And he's like, nobody knows what they're doing. You just go in there and like give it your all and your best and do what you think is right. And that's it. And I was like, nobody, wait, nobody knows what they're doing. That was an important realization for me is being like, okay, why can't I do it myself? You know? And there will always be like, I'll always have my network and support system and all that stuff. But I am ready to, to build my own dream, you know, and my own vision. It's so it's what a great observation you made because I mean seriously if your job description isn't just putting a widget apart or building a widget to make another widget or whatever and there's actually a right way to do something yeah there's no manual there's no flight instruction no. it is purely um, creative and that's kind of a I mean even I'm, I fall victim to that is like oh what's the right way. Yep. And it's 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 a trap because I would and I would tell people coming in, um, if, and if whatever I could could say about you know having worked now for a couple months, it's there is no real correct thing to do, and especially as you now like you said you your head hit that ceiling, you said yeah I want to do it myself. There's definitely no right or wrong way um, yeah. about branching out and starting, and it's really yeah. just. Own, owning that, owning that innocence, I think is gonna is 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 the key. And Graham and I have started tough to say like there there was no manual. There was just nope. whatever was in our brains, especially mostly all pretty much Graham's brain. Um, you know he owned it, but he he took it. There was no like how to do podcast Instagram brand. Nope. It was hey, this is the right direction I want to go. I want to try it. And it's just really neat to hear the light bulb moment that you had and, and the journey. And I think there's like another, so that's, that's one quote. Uh, nobody knows what they're doing, which I think is a super important one, especially like one of the reasons I, I really like what you guys do is because it very much is like about our age group, right? In bracket where it's like all of these imposter syndrome and like anxieties about what's next and am I doing okay? And comparing ourselves to everybody we see on Instagram. It's like yeah. one of the reasons I, I love what you guys do is because you, you touch on all that stuff. So I think that, there are a couple of quotes that are very important to me for your audience here, which is one, nobody knows what they're doing. And two, start ugly. Yeah. And that was one for me that was very big. It's like, I, I remember seeing tough to say when it dropped. And I remember, I remember two days ago scrolling through all the episodes and being like, wait, it looks way different here than it, it does up here. And like yeah. the, the shit gets better. You just have to start yeah, somewhere. It's facts, you know? dude, it's facts. You got to start as facts. And it, it it's on a completely different level now than it was then, but you wouldn't have gotten to this level if you didn't start. Yeah. Not ugly. Right. Cause I don't think it was ever ugly, but like sure. start just somewhere. No, it's, it's the perfect word yeah. for it. And yeah. Well and, put. Yeah, well yeah. Put. yeah. 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 Um, we did start ugly yeah, though. So we did start really. Hey, ugly. You can, you can say it. I won't though. I'm a, yeah. I'm a guest. I'm no, a guest. I, I don't mean, I don't mean ugly in the sense of like, it was bad. I mean, the first episode we did, we were in my crib in Gainesville, and we were just drunk. <laughs> we were so, and everybody, everybody who tuned in was like, "Is this what it's gonna be?" My my dad, my dad was like, "Hey, like I listened to the episode Shout last night. Tom. It was really good." You know, he kind of serves things in a shit sandwich, 
which is like the the top layer of the bun is a nice brioche. It's like a nice buttered brioche <laughs> bun. It's great. And then he'll deliver the news and then he'll like cap it off with a compliment. And he's basically like, that was really great. A lot of insight. You guys were pretty intoxicated. Like, is that this? Is that what you're gonna do? Like, is that the the, the mission? Is like drunk history? I think he compared it to drunk history. I'm like, <laughs> no, man. Like, we just wanted to start. We kind of had nerves. We just wanted to jump in. And then I started accidentally kind of almost crying about Kobe. So that happens. <laughs> so, but wow, but, <laughs> wow. But I mean, you know me, bro. That's not out of pocket. But um, no, not at all. But. I, I think it's a really solid transition as we start to wrap things up here, but something that you touched on in your last answer there about one, I mean, I, I walk away with nobody knows what they're doing as something that I'll probably live by for the rest of my life. But, and I do remember you having that meeting with Gary V cause you had come back and I was probably up in the crib doing some shit in the dorm and having that conversation with you about how we always jump into these things thinking that we have, Every single answer, each step of the way, I think somebody described it to me as today, like, you know, a lot of people like to lay an entire foundational path before they walk on it, but oftentimes how they feel as if they're constantly placing tiles underneath themselves, almost mid-step, because everybody's so unsure about what they're doing, and especially in this bracket, which is really why we do what we do. It's the essence of the podcast, the, the sense of like... Nobody knows where they're going. There's all this instability. I mean, think of you, bro. Like, you're about to go on this unbelievable journey, starting your own thing. Like, how exciting is that? But also, how daunting is that? And, oh, yeah. I, hey, take the floor, bro. I'll, I'll ask my question later. I, yeah. I, I was going to say, I mean, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Right? It's like there, there are days where I'm 80% excited and 20% scared. And then there are days where I'm 80% scared and 20% excited. There's days where the excitement isn't even a part of it, right? It's yeah. like, it's just scared. But as long as you just keep pushing through that, and it's, I've had bad days, right? I've had bad weeks. It's like, if you know that that's okay, especially it's like at our age, you yeah. know? Yeah. That that stuff's going to be a part of the equation and to not like, let yourself fall too far into it and forget the reason you're doing the shit in the first place. Um, is, is really, really, really super important and something that I'm super passionate about. And like, really, I, I think needs, like our age group needs to hear it more. Um, but it's okay to, to not know. And it's okay to be scared and to be like figuring it out. And to like, not even, to your metaphor about the tiles, it's okay to step without even knowing that there's a tile there, yeah. you know? It's the truth. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think also, you know, as we're as we're coming out here, it's those moments of clarity. I think where we realize towards the end of a longer stretch, where things aren't necessarily going your way, or things are, and even in the face of good or the success, you're still struggling to find the connective tissue that leads you back to why you're doing what you're doing, and it's those moments that are. You know, they're, they're fairly jarring at first, but then I think towards the end of them, you come out with some newfound wisdom because that's just how life works, man. You just progress not to be that guy in the room, but like that is just how life works. And I'm curious because you're balancing so many various things now, especially now that you've like detached, right? You're like beyond the stratosphere, like all parts of the ship are now falling back down to the earth and you're still ascending. And uh-huh. and along that along that same you know analogy there, um, 
this balance of time I'm super curious about and just how you stay sane because I imagine this has just become 24 7 365 like this will this will now this will be your journey this will be your baby like how are you keeping yeah. this all together as far as like staying in tune with your mind the body everything in between yeah so I think that the biggest thing and the biggest thing to keep you sane is at least for me, it's been like routine, right? And knowing yourself and the stuff that makes you um, feel okay or makes you feel like good. So for me, it's a lot of like, I run just because it's like the summer in Chicago. So it's 72 degrees and sunny every day. Like I've got to <laughs> get outside. Um, it's that. It's, we've got a, my roommate put a sauna in our basement. That was a very nice thing for him to do. Um, so it's that. So every morning it's generally like, some sort of activity, sauna for about an hour, um, cold shower, and then I'm ready to rock. But there are a lot of days where it's not that, right? And it's like, I don't actually want to get out of bed. And uh, just to take those days as they are. Um, and not kind of get you know sucked into that wormhole. Um, but staying sane is one where... It, it's been a hard one, you know? I've yeah. been, I'd been fully employed since I was in college. And it was the first job I ever had. And I rocked with it for three years. I was working full time as like a, a senior for the company that I moved to Chicago for three days after I graduated. Like it was my, it was my life. And I loved it. And leaving it was a very, very um, difficult thing because I didn't know what to do with my time. Whereas like, I didn't have to do stuff with my time. Um, I actually was the keeper of my own time, which is a tough thing. And I think that we live now, not to go all society. No, please, you're in the <laughs> right there's, place. There's, 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 there's so much emphasis that's put on being, you know, productive from nine to five. Yeah. And, it, it's been super important for me to realize that productivity isn't actually like linear, right? It's actually um, kind of just however you want it to be, yeah. especially when you are the keeper of your own time. So it's like, yo, if I, you know, don't take any calls one day, I'm not a failure. You know, it's like yeah. if I take four calls in a day, I'm not the greatest person in the world. It's just realizing that like every day is its own battle that you just have to face with how you're feeling that day. Preach, bro. Yeah, I needed that energy too. I needed that energy too. <laughs> B. McD, what do you got for me, bro? Anything else? No, I really enjoyed the conversation. I didn't necessarily come in with any expectations, a lot of prep. Really just like to free ball these type of conversations and interviews now that we're getting back in the swing of things. It was really cool, man. Um, rooting for you, pulling for you. I'll let Graham fire off any last cues or give you the last couple of compliments. But we're pulling for you, and, and thanks for thanks for coming on. Of course, bro. You like you, your questions were phenomenal. If you ever want to chop it up about ATL music, I got you. Any type of music, Please. I got you. Um, <laughs> we could thank you. Rappers all day long. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, bro. So here's the cue, the end here, the plugs. Where do we find you? Let's just drop a couple of handles, maybe some URLs. Where are we going to find you on this? Yeah, um, it's my personal, which is also 
half my business just because Instagram is that um, and have to be that um, is at Joe Salzer. Uh, my company is at Arena Consulting and the website is arenaconsulting.co. You can find us, reach us there, 247-365. It all goes straight to my pager. <laughs> I love that, man. All right, Joe, we appreciate you, man. This is really like one of my truly oldest friends. And um, everybody go and check him out. If you're an aspiring artist out there, maybe hit the boy up. He might lead you to greener pastures. All right, bro. Thanks again. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Of course, man. See you, bro. Peace. One final break before we get into the latter half of the spew that we chopped up from the beginning. Great interview with Joe. You heard the plugs. Check them out. You heard some of the first couple of topics presented in the beginning. Now we're going to get into the rest. But opportunities to work with Tough to Say, if you have any work out there that you're willing, able, or interested in placing on a platform, no charge to you, just want to work on the portfolio, or maybe just get a thought piece out there. You know, Maybe you're ideating on something and you just want to let the, let the world see what you're working on, hit me up. Let's get you on the page, article, playlist, work of art, graphic design, photography, videography, quite literally anything. You could even do stand-up comedy. Send me a video. We'll figure out a way to put it on our website. I'm serious. No cap. All right. One final push here into the latter half of the spew, and then we'll get you on your way. This is a lot of content that I'm giving you. A lot of content. So let me know how you like it. You know, drop a drop a like. Maybe comment on some of the IG posts, maybe a review on Apple or Spotify just to get a sense as to how we're doing. Let me know. Like I like feedback from those who give it constructively. I'm curious, obviously curious. All right, let's do it. One more and then we're out. Where do we stand on figure it out? Where do we stand on the direction from somebody who is a managerial figure or even a peer in some circumstances? Where do you stand on instead of taking time to properly, and you can, this is a little bit of a leading question here. Yeah, I know where this is coming from. But but instead of properly sitting down, explaining, and, and wanting to invest time in somebody, where do you stand on saying, you just got to figure it out, man? Well, I'll go, per- I'll go personally and then I'll go broadly. How's that? That's cool with so, me. Not a leading question. So personally, I try and take every step possible so that when they do turn it over to go figure it out, I actually record my calls. Yeah. So I'm able to go back. And I don't know. I I mean, everybody can do it. Um, it helped, especially as my when my superior wasn't next to me. Now that, you know, it's much more casual. And dude, perhaps figure it out is almost impossible in the virtual world. Perhaps in a brick and mortar office building, figure it out is, hey, go into your corner and try. And not teams me pop into my office in three hours. Now, I'm not sure. 
But when I hear figure it out, yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. It is probably the hardest thing you can be asked to do. I think because so you have to look for almost like context clues and think outside of yourself. So I kind of had this moment where I was doing some work today and I definitely just wasn't, I don't know, I needed, I needed to step away. I needed to step away. I, I, I don't know what I did, I forget, but there was a time in between when I stopped and when I picked it back up. And it was definitely a figure it out moment. And all of a sudden the brain just clicked. And I'm tempted to think that it's really not the task that we don't know how necessarily to, to do. It's really just, are we in a present state to accomplish that? Because I, 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 I continue to tell my younger brother, Matt, you're tasked with things other humans do. You're no different than the other 7 billion humans. You could do it. And I think, you know, that's kind of my take on it. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I scratch my head and I'm like, yo, I ain't got this one. And that's kind of when it, when you have to ask. So that's my, that's my two cents. I know you just had a, a, and maybe you could add more color to it, but I know you just had an experience where you, you kind of were wanting more more instruction. You needed more instruction because you want to do a good job. There's also pride involved. You don't want to go run back to the house and say, mom or dad, what do I do? You want to go out there and do it. So, yeah. And, and I think you, you spoke about it in a way that is transferable to other people's lives. So kudos to you. You're really kind of winning this episode, but yes, broadly speaking, I think you want naturally to provide a strong product in your work. You want to provide something bigger than yourself. And oftentimes that means tasks that are, one, somewhat trivial, or two, probably beyond the scope of what you immediately, initially think you're capable of, but you are actually well-equipped to accomplish. It's just the first part of it that seems daunting. You go back into your corner. You have the conversations you need to. You get pen to paper. You click or you clack. And then you find the solution. You surprise yourself. And at the end of the day, everybody wins. But in circumstances like to figure it out, there are times where you have to ask. And I have in my life asked after exhausting resources. Because I'm never a quitter. I will exhaust my resources until the bitter end, until the wheels have been burnt, until the burnouts are all done. There's no more rubber on the tires. And I'll ask. And in in those moments, and it's only happened like a handful of times in my career, where I will go back and I'll say, and I'll usually detail what I did. So I'll say, I had this conversation with this person that led me to this person that led me to that person and no one knew. I researched it and I could not find an answer organically and I did all the above and twice in my life after putting in the effort, after having the conversations have been told, you're just going to have to figure it out again, the double down and it's tough. those people, I think 
I actually give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they were put in situations to fail, as I have and and have been in the past. And I think that's based on time. I, I'm I'm realizing now in like corporate America, like time is such a commodity, and it's the corporate currency. And if you have it, then all these other important aspects of your job are positively influenced in the moment that you're stretched thin, right? Like maybe there's not proper resourcing where you work and you are put on too many projects or campaigns or whatever, too many deals, whatever, then you're being stretched so far apart that you cannot possibly dedicate another minute beyond what is currently in front of you or else you will not be able to get yourself out of the hole. And I, I tend to think in these two scenarios that I laid out, which are real in my life, that those people were just unbelievably booked and just had nothing. I just wish in those moments, and perhaps you're a manager out there listening in, I wish in those moments that those people would have told me, honestly, man, no cap, I am drowning in this work. And I don't know if I can help, but I think this person can just direct me to something, right? Instead of slapping away, why not try? Just give me something, a morsel, something that I can build off of, anything, bro. And so is it, I don't is know. It really, is it I got more to. <laughs> is, it, is it normalized, the expression no cap? Is that, do you think, the answer? I think the expression no cap is normalized. I don't think it's normalized in the workforce. And I think it absolutely should. Because we've already covered this in the past of like all of the various corporate buzzwords that would allude to no cap. Like a, hi, so-and-so, thank you so much for sending me this thing. Did you happen to see my last thing? I sent it at this time. Oh, can you also do this? I am sorry. Um, Have a good one. Thank you. I love you. Best. Graham only. And I think that could all be eradicated if somebody, and I actually, I'm trying to do this in my, in my current job where I will say things just like, I literally will type this in like a team's message. I'll just be like, a, like, I don't really know what's going on. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to do. And today, today's was, um, blur, 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 all directed towards me of like various things I need to do. And the message back was just, um, Tell me where to shoot. I'll pull the trigger. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> and everyone's like, damn, that's actually respect. And then they yeah. did. Then they just gave me the things. And yeah. I said, okay, yeah. cool. I can, look, look I, we just cut, we just cut 10 emails out. We cut a thread out. We cut teams calls yeah. out. Like, that's yeah. it. Just be Dude, direct. I, I got to tell you, when I get loaded up with like five things, I hit it. Like, yeah, it's, it's that type. I mean, it, I, I get it that, that, it, that it's, that's kind of entry level. That's kind of spoon fed. And I, I get that. And it, maybe it's just taking, it takes thousands and thousands of reps and hundreds of days and years to understand maybe beyond that. But even today, like I got loaded up and boom, I was riding. So yeah, I feel you. I, I definitely feel you. And Please keep us posted with these messages as you continue to send them. I'd like a, a one a week at least. Uh, I definitely tiptoe the line of like properly communicating with a corporate officer yeah. and then and then being probably like a little confusing 
because yeah. people, and not because of what I'm saying, but because of how I'm saying it, because I truly think that there are some corporate, I think, robots out there sure. who, who literally malfunction upon seeing something that is not predetermined. Well, a funny story. Uh, I, I spoke with someone today. And her name rhymed with mine. She works <laughs> not in my company. This was something a little more... It was formal, but it was kind of not necessarily a usual call that she would receive, right? Right. So right off the dome, I said, hey, my name's Barry, and it's, it's just great that our names rhyme. <laughs> it, was like, it was like this weird calibration <laughs> on her end, like... Huh. <laughs> okay. And remember, remember what we've always discussed of when you go and you're standing in line at Chipotle yeah. and in, and instead of saying I would like white rice, you say, "Hey, how are you?" Right. Which I tried today when I went to Chipotle and I got just like the most good how are you? It's like, "Oh, I was open yeah, for like yeah, give me something. I need yeah. something." Yeah. But how many All times right. have we done that before we move on? How many times have we done that and the person literally does a double take sure and then like snaps out of this haze like they're like yes. on this uh, literally it's an assembly line and then how many times have we done that and i've been with you and the person's just like dude i'm i'm pretty good like what's going on and then right. we're, we're like dude we're hanging well, out you, I mean, the bowl. selfishly we we hope that leads to a little more heavy pour if you know what i mean sure dude genuine and utilitarian relationships man that's how that makes the world go around What's the emoji with the two hands? It's a little the handshake guy. <laughs> so I want to do a little, I mean, it's not a question. We're really deviating from the normal, but I think that's a good episode to do it for. I think this has been I'll, like one of my favorite episodes we've done. I want to do a little pros and cons of Charlotte, if you don't mind, Greg. Oh, I, I would love it selfishly. Okay. I'll start with cons because I want to end on a high note. <laughs> cons. City of Charlotte, the Queen City, City Beautiful. The water is unusually hard. What do you mean by that, Drewski voice? So, it, it doesn't taste like a Zephyr Hills water bottle, is what I'm trying to get across. And to anyone out there listening who doesn't have Zephyr Hills, very pure water. Like, if you were to go and buy an Evian or a Fiji, that would be non-hard water. The fridge, like, tap, I guess you would call it, or... The filter out of the... It's just... And I went to Chipotle today and got water. And I went to the... My office water is awful. It's hard water. It's bad? It's bad. I don't it's know bad. what it is. And you would think, dude... You would think Damn. up here in the mountains... Like they have a stream nearby that they could just go pluck from. That's surprising. Um, very surprising. And it is disappointing. And I know in like two months I won't notice it. Same thing happened in Atlanta. But yeah, definite, definite con. Because I'm trying, I'm staying conscious. I'm trying to drink as much water. I'm drinking more water these days. I got the Yeti filled up at all times, taken after you. You probably paying a lot less than I was about a month ago. I, I've really, <laughs> I think, improved my my endurance down there. Second thing, parking garages, man. You really parking are anti parking garage. Parking garages make me just freak out because I'm someone who. I'll take five steps and be like, oh, did I roll the window up? <laughs> Knowing damn well I didn't touch the windows. It was raining this morning. No, I didn't have the windows down, right? But I, I right now, temporarily, I'm in a what would be called a little more of an open parking garage situation. And, you know, it's not that I'm not driving an exotic car. I'm not attracting any attention. But I do like my car. And I definitely am someone who's a little more cynical when it comes to 
society out there and it's there's tough times there's a pandemic people are going crazy so i'm leaving my car like on the daily and i'm locking it like eight times dude i'm like bang 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 and i double check the windows and like i do the same thing with my lock nobody's getting in here like i I mean knock on wood but like i keep saying that but i don't i don't know my my con about that is like maybe that's just an internal thing but uh the of course urban downtowns parking is not like lakewood ranch florida no it's not abundant nowhere on earth is like lakewood ranch florida just for the record so my three pros no one would see this one coming but unbelievable sunsets Oh, it's very beautiful. You are a man of the outdoors. I'm actually the last person you would ever find, like, hopping (laughs) in a truck and going to climb a trail. (laughs) But I really enjoy the integration of nature and architecture. So I'm on the 27th floor of this building, and I look out, and I'm normally, like, one of the last people there. And it's quite beautiful with the mountains in the background, and you get a nice orange hue with the blue and the white clouds. It's... It's very beautiful and laugh all you want, but you know, I like that type. I I think it's really cool. And normally Florida has the mantle highest when it comes to, you know, who has the trophy of best sunsets. But um, Charlotte's been really nice. It's been very peaceful at night. My side note, just quick side note about you talking about going on a hike. I'm in this bachelor party group chat now for September and it's to Vegas and they just dropped a line about because they're all big hikers, actually. Oh man! I know, and they just dropped a line about. So we're thinking about going through this one through the desert. It's really light. It's about seven miles, and uh, yes, dude. And I'm seven I read, miles? dude. That's like hours. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I gotta do I, it. I, yeah, you can't do anything, but like yeah, I, I, I just thought that the intent of a bachelor party is like play golf with like a hundred Miller lights and like go to in Vegas. You got to go to the casino, right? I'm, I'm tempted. I think when they do this to not go (laughs) and like be like, I'm going to hang out by the pool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, my thing, man, on, on a Saturday, I, I don't want to be wearing like boots and khaki shorts in the woods. I would kind of want to be like posted up watching some sports hanging out. So I'm happy to hear that. Okay, continue with your pros. Guess what temperature it was this morning when I walked to work, Graham? I bet it was a crisp 65 degrees. 67. Yeah, it's been really, really nice in these neck of the it's woods like, of the Northeast. It's like kind of like nice, bro. It's extremely it is, nice. It is nice. And, and I talked to someone who said, hey, it's, it'll, the heat's returning, but enjoy yep. it. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, my last thing, dude. We all talk about it. We all hear about this thing called co-working. Like, think, think about, I mean, I'm not in a WeWork, but just think WeWork. It's awesome. Really cool. Great energy vibes. Uh, it, it, you want to talk about, like, diversity? It is diverse in there. And, and I don't mean it at, at, at face value of, like, different races. But I mean, like, sure, that's an included as, aspect of diversity, but... It is just incredible what people do. And I'm not even like listening or asking or and you but you can just notice it walk at the halls because some people decorate yeah. their little you can feel it. Their little studio. Yeah, and it's it's neat because I've always either been on a job site trailer, which is about mm, you don't see nothing but construction, and then like offices where it's just the entire tenant enjoying the space. So 
Coworking's cool. Because you work with other companies that are within the same space. You're just sharing that space, correct? Yeah, we're not... You wouldn't work with them, but you... No, I mean, like, you're, yeah. you're on the same floor. Everybody's doing their own thing, but you're yeah. in the same office. Yeah, and it, it's really... It's... it's yeah, you know, I told my boss that. I'm like, this is pretty awesome because it it's a pretty... Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool concept. I have another thing, but I actually think I'm going to save it. I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to save it for next week. Well, it's... Yeah, well, <laughs> reason being is... I I'm in a I'm in a great mood now based on this conversation, and this is I think. Oh I'm, yeah, the dude save that. Yeah, yeah it's dog. it's it's something that I would go bananas about, and oh. I I don't think I'm cap I don't think I'm capable of doing it right now. I'm not gonna do it justice. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, and I, I'm looking at hold them I'm, accountable. Yeah, dude, please keep me accountable. It, I, you probably won't remember, but if you do, you're a king. And I'll do. It. I'm gonna have it written down. But I'm. If you say it next week, I will let it rip. And I'm. I'm sure. Well, I'm. I'm gonna be more on top of uh, what team's message you wrote that no one else has ever written. Oh, uh, I. I have a billion, man. I actually have started to screenshot a couple because I just find them so ridiculous. And um. Yeah, I have so many things. <laughs> I just just leave it at that. I'm looking at Fitty Min. I, I don't know about you, man. I, I think I'm down to wrap this puppy up. Yeah, clo- close this close this up. Like uh doc take the take the cruise ship into the terminal, dog. Yeah, I'm not gonna get stuck in the canal, but look, we have some really, really cool interviews on the horizon. We just did one this past week that is a OG of mine, but the guy has just skyrocketed into this new realm of thought and leadership that I'm excited to share with the Tough to Say crew. And then one that we actually pushed because of scheduling purposes that I'm also excited about, but also like I have no idea what it's going to really be about. I don't know how it's going to go, but the curiosity is is enough to drive me. So it's interview season. We are back. Barry is fully integrated now into Charlotte culture, and that'll only progress as, as time goes on. And... Um, Again, bro, we're we're really coming up here on a year, and as we've said so many times before, it's really hard to think of not doing this. Like I, I obviously, I I honestly look at how many how many hours and all dedication, and it feels so natural. Like it has never felt like a struggle, and that's probably a great sign. Probably bodes well for the boys. So, again, if you want to chat, hit me up. I got a link for you. We got all the things I detailed at the beginning. We'll, of course, have a YouTube up for this particular episode. You can find us anywhere. I get, Dude, there might be a, re- there's a reality in which we see the numbers going the way they are. Maybe we just pull out of Spotify altogether. We might just have it there as a formality. But, like, I guess we're big Apple podcast guys now. That's what I like to hear, dog. Yeah. Apple loyalists right here. Audience, health and wealth. And get Graham back on TikTok. I'm I'm very on TikTok, dude. I'm extremely on TikTok. Yeah, but I, are you posting anymore? A ton. A oh. ton. More than ever. Really? Literally more than ever, yes. Well, I have capped yet again. Audience, all love. We will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. And I already said it once. I'm going to say it again. Health and wealth. Evil. Evil.